0: Welcome back to the Redefining Anger podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Roy, a self-motivated force turned recovering perfectionist. After experiencing the traumatic and sudden loss of my father, turning to anger as a form of protection while living in a state of survival and facing the wake-up call that I needed nearly two years later, I found community and began a journey of growth and deep internal healing. I'm on a mission to normalize feeling I believe that getting quiet with yourself and really feeling what needs to be felt is the key to building a relationship of trust and self-respect with yourself. I created this space to vulnerably share my journey with you, how I'm learning to navigate life after loss, and how feeling alive and abundant is still possible. I believe in the power of sharing our stories and my hope is that my story can empower you to navigate yours. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast on today's episode. I have Christine Peacock. Christine is a women's wellness coach, cycle syncing expert, wellness advisor, success coach, and mentor as a self proclaimed health nut and fitness enthusiast. Christine is passionate about all things, food, nutrition, and exercise. She is a mom to three girls, ages 18, 15, and 11, a former teacher and culinary nutrition expert. Her wellness journey began more than 10 years ago when her husband was diagnosed with cancer. She transformed the way she cooked and began exercising regularly, influencing her children, friends, and family along the way. As Christine became stronger and healthier, her husband declined, and she was widowed nine years ago when the girls were two, six, and nine. Since then, Christine certified with the Academy of Culinary Nutrition and left her 20-year teaching career to support women online with their nutrition, fitness, macros, menstrual cycles, health, hormones, and weight loss. Follow Christine on Instagram at coach.christine with a K for all things health, hormones, fitness, food, mindset, and motherhood. In this episode, Christine openly shares her story of anger that resulted from the loss of her late husband nine years ago, leaving her widowed at 35 years old with three kids. She shares how she courageously moved from anger to acceptance and how she used anger as a catalyst for change. Tune in to hear Christine's empowering story. Before we dive into today's episode, I've got something for you. Are you a female entrepreneur looking to grow your business while also maintaining your time and energy? I am a pitching professional that can help you do just that. My personalized approach is guaranteed to help you attract qualified clients that are aligned with your mission and values, build authentic relationships and connections in your business. And develop your authority as a thought leader and own your voice. Be seen. Expand your reach authentically. If you've been wanting to increase your visibility, don't wait. Reach out to me on Instagram at running on grit. That's at running dot on dot grit or by email runningongrit at gmail.com without any periods, runningongrit at gmail.com. And let's have a conversation. I want to help you grow your business. Not sure if pitching is aligned with your business model? Let's have a conversation anyway so we can determine that together. Let's co-create. Welcome back to the podcast. I have an amazing guest here today, Christine Peacock. She is a great friend and I would say that we have become closer over the last um, several weeks. We know each other from the community that we're both in. We're both mentors inside of the community and um yeah we've just connected on a lot of different levels and i'm so excited to have her here on the show with me today christine welcome i'd love for you to introduce yourself uh, to the listeners
1: yeah hello thanks kim for having me on your show yeah a little bit about me i um and uh, i'm a 40 something year old mom and i live in canada So for those of your listeners who are outside of the States, living in Canada, and yeah, I'm a mom to three girls who are 18, 15, and 11, and yeah, we've got lots to dive into in terms of all things redefining our emotions, our anger, all of that. All of that.
0: I love how you said said I'm a (laughs) 40-something.
1: I love that. Just leave it at that. (laughs)
0: Um, And I think that that's like a really good segue into. um, I mean you know age, and I say that because of what you do because you help women um, as they age and with their cycles and and all of that stuff so can you share just a little bit about what it is that you do for work.
1: Yeah, well, my work has been in evolution. So I spent my professional career uh, 20 years as a teacher teaching elementary school children. And I always for the last more than a decade, I've had an interest in nutrition and then fitness and then healthy living. And it just kind of evolved to where I left teaching. And I now am a wellness um, women's health coach. And so I help women dial in their nutrition with macros, with um, their fitness, their workouts, their exercise, their cycles, their hormones, weight loss, perimenopause, menopause, and just mindset as well. And so, you know, you never can track how you get to where you are. But when you look in the rearview mirror, you're like, oh, it kind of makes sense how I got here after all.
0: I love how you how you just put that into perspective, because I feel the same way um, as most of my listeners know. And as you know, I am in the midst of a career transition right now. And you, my friend, have been one of my guiding posts in that I came knocking on your door and I said, how did you do it? How did you transition from teaching to doing what you're doing now and walk me through all of that? Um, and I love how you said that you can look in the rearview mirror and you can just see how you can you know you you understand where you are now and why you're where you're at and i i kind of feel that way too even though i'm like in the midst of my transition still and very much like experiencing that identity shift i in looking back and reflecting at the steps i'm taking and where i am even now from where i was just last week i'm like holy shit i manifested that for myself
1: it makes sense right and and it is it's redefining where you thought you would be and redefining your purpose. And I heard recently that, you know, so many people talk about purpose um, out there on the internet, all the gurus are talking about purpose, but really there's no one single purpose for us in our lives. There's like 8 billion people on the planet. And so what there's 8 billion unique purposes out there. And if you don't live up to your unique purpose, you've somehow failed. I don't believe in that. I also, it's the same as this, you know, to me, it, it it's the same as like a soulmate. There's no one single person for another person on earth. There's 8 billion of us. Um, so I don't think there's a single job, a single career, a single purpose, a single person um, in our lives that um, that is the end all be all for all of us. I really feel like it's an evolution. And yeah, it makes sense when we're in it. Sometimes the middle is messy. It always is. And, but when we get there or when we're on the path toward there, you do, you see how it all makes sense. The manifestation all makes sense.
0: It really does. And I, I really, um, appreciate what you're saying too. Because that's one thing I've always kind of wondered is like what's my purpose right what's my purpose in life and I heard recently actually it was from our mentor. Um, and she said it so well, she said it's not about finding your purpose it's about living on purpose and as we change and as we evolve that purpose living on purpose for ourselves will also change and evolve so it's really tapping into what feels best to you in that moment what do you feel aligned with in that moment and
1: so well and as a woman it makes so much sense in the work that i do now with cyclical living right as women in our fertility years we're we're not the same person every single day of our cycle whether we're on our bleed week our we're ovulating or headed into our period and then never mind the seasons of our lives as well whether it's childhood adolescence puberty then we're in our fertility years prenatal, post pregnant, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause and postmenopausal, all of those seasons shift and change as well. And so I love that living into your purpose rather than finding a single purpose. I think, yeah, in the spirit of your podcast, it's really about redefining so many of these identities and stepping into who we're meant to be, the emotions, the emotional piece of it. Um, So, yeah, I think there's a lot of redefining that we need in our lives in order to live into those purposes as they change. 100%.
0: 100% yeah and you just you just hit it right there and you know that front all too well with you specialize in that space and for myself I you know I'm still I still consider myself very green into the cyclical living Um, but I've really grown such a, a love for it because I'm learning so much more not only just about myself but about women, like femininity and really owning who we are at our core. I think it's just such a beautiful thing. Um So, yeah, I love that you do that for a living and, um, you know, and that there's so many more women that are tapping into that, too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But even it's not even owning who we are. It's like owning who we are in that moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, as you said, in the spirit of redefining, and I love that you're tying it back into this platform. So thank you for that. Um, You and I have also connected, obviously, on a deeper level uh, as it relates to grief, loss, tremendous loss and anger. And Mm -hmm. I know that you have a story to share on that front as well. So
1: I'd like Mm -hmm. for you to take that time
0: now, uh, if you will, to share. What you feel called to share? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, grief, loss, anger—those are things that um, that I've experienced intimately. Um, like I guess it all started almost a little over eleven years ago. I had my third baby, and a week after she was born, we knew that there was something um, wrong with my husband. And a couple of weeks later, we found out that he had cancer, and so our world was turned upside down I was postpartum trying to raise all these children and dealing with there there was it was anger I was pissed I was like what did we do wrong you know we had that fairy tale like he was he was the guy I met in high school when I was 17 years old and I was doing all the right things I met him when I was young we got married I had the kids I was you know, stepping up into my career. And then this was not anything that was ever even on my radar. And so we lived through cancer for two and a half years. And and I was, I was angry. I was pissed at the beginning. Um, I remember one of the very first Google searches I looked for, that's okay to swear. One of the very first Google searches I wrote in that that search bar was fuck cancer. And because I was just So angry. And reflecting back on that anger, I realized that anger is really arguing with reality. And so the other kind of A-word, again, not to dismiss processing anger, because it's totally um, justifiable. And we need we do, we need to process our emotions for sure. But the other A-word that I think of is, is acceptance, is once you've moved through that anger and you stop trying to control and you stop trying to argue with reality, then you move into this season of acceptance and slowly, you know, over our cancer journey, I did come to accept probably before he did what was happening. And then we moved into grief. And when he actually passed away uh, nine years ago, I had a lot of relief with it. And that's not something that people talk about a lot when it comes to grief, but I was actually really relieved. I was relieved that he wasn't suffering anymore, that as hard as it was without him, and as much grieving as I had to do and hold space for children who were grieving as well, I think by then I had stepped into accepting my reality, accepting what was, and instead of turning to the anger I started leaning forward into a new version a new season exactly what we were saying before is finding out now that things are so different how can I step into this new version of me my family while honoring his legacy at the same time and so for me acceptance isn't just accepting that it's Like acceptance is neutral. It's not like I was happy he was gone, but it was accepting what is and accepting how to live the kind of life that I wanted to while he was gone. And fast forward all these years later, I still have grief and moments of anger. And I still sometimes battle with reality and accepting what is. Um, But I also step into this place of when you have an experience of loss and it undermines and turns upside down everything you thought for sure was certain, you realize that really the only thing certain is that nothing is certain. It's just certainty is an illusion. And, you know, we've all gone through the pandemic over the last couple of years. And it was funny witnessing that on a global scale. Because although it was hard and I was angry about certain things and there was loss and grief within that, it was actually really familiar to me because I witnessed other people who were in that phase that I had already gone through. Cancer was my COVID. Cancer was my pandemic. And so while it wasn't easy, it felt familiar and I felt like I had the tools to help me navigate that season of transition and loss and anger and change. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that's just a little bit of my story and shifting my identity. And that's when also I changed my career and, yeah, and just evolving, continuing to evolve and finding new messy middles. And, um, again, just trying to step into accepting what is and stop arguing with reality
0: yeah i uh, thank you for sharing all of that christine and you know it's interesting because even through the many conversations that you and i have had i feel like i just learned so much more about you just in that um in that share so thank you for openly sharing that and for being vulnerable you said so many things here that i'm like yes 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 and i just want to keep unpacking and peeling back the layers of the onion on that. And I want to start with um, how you define anger as arguing with reality. And even through my journey and how, you know I came into this and by this I mean my my journey, my healing journey, everything was anger. What brought me down to my knees, Yes, it was the loss of my father, but it was not processing the grief and allowing anger to completely take over control. Um, and as I've been learning more about myself with that and processing that anger, processing the grief that's underneath all of that, I never thought of it that way before as arguing with reality. And I really love that. Like that just brought a whole new meaning to it for me that I had not thought of before. So, can you share, how did you come to that? I was thinking of it as arguing with reality. Um, and what does that mean to you?
1: Well, I can't take credit for it. <laughs> the arguing with reality idea comes from Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School. So definitely follow follow the breadcrumbs and the rabbit hole there. But it's this idea of that we can't control We really can't, there's a lot of things we can't control, but what we can um, process and sit with is how we think about those circumstances. So I can't change the fact that we all agree on, husband is dead. That's factual. Like, But when I think the thought, it's not fair that he died, um, I feel angry. And instead of arguing with the reality that husband is dead, I can, again, take that same circumstance and choose another thought. Not push the one that it's not fair, that he's under the rug. We're not dismissing that thought. We're just parking another thought next to it. And I can think these two thoughts at the same time. And I often think like, which thought is going to better serve me today so we can take the same circumstance and I can choose a different thought like it's my purpose (laughs) let's use that word to hold his legacy so that's a different thought about husband dead but the feeling that drives that thought is one of empowerment, and so in grieving my husband's death, I felt empowered a lot of the time, and it was really hard because there were other people also grieving who did not feel empowered. <laughs> they were pissed. They were angry. Um, you know, everybody has their own timeline, and and you know I had two and a half years to process his death. um, And not everybody had that same kind of timeline or capacity, right? So it's not a judgment, but it's just an observation. And when I think a different thought, and find one that has different feelings that follow it, then the actions that follow that feeling are going to be the way that I want to show up. For myself, for my children, for my identity, and for him. So instead of arguing with reality, the circumstance is the same. I'm not arguing with that. Because what's the upside in arguing with the fact that he's gone? Right. Like, there's, there's, I, in arguing with that reality, I'm just causing myself more suffering. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it doesn't happen. Again, we can park thoughts. And we can deal with thoughts, we can process those thoughts and the feelings that come with them. But what is the thought and the feelings that I want to show up in and as and who is the person that I want to be?
0: Yeah, I love that, that, that in and of itself, and and thinking of it from that approach feels empowering.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, I, I feel like I can resonate with that to degree. I never really thought about it like that before. Um, but I only really started processing the grief of my father like two years after he passed. And in doing that and now seeing my life shift and how I'm evolving and having this platform as an example and just a lot of other things, that is my my empowerment of holding his legacy and um yeah yeah and i i just i never really looked at it through that lens before so that is that is just really really enlightening so thank you for that and would you say um you know we can say changing our thoughts and and i think a lot of the times when we have such a suffocating thought like for in your example it's not fair um how do you grasp that being mindful of that thought and shifting that thought? So that's my first question is how do you mindfully shift your thought? And would you say that by doing that, that allowed you to shift into that acceptance a little more comfortably we'll say than staying in that anger?
1: Yeah. And it, it's not about changing a thought. It's about practicing a new thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not trying to shove down the thoughts that that they do. They're they're like clouds. They just kind of pop in. Right. And not to say that those ones don't still my my brain just offers me those thoughts, but practicing new and intentional thoughts, thoughts that I want to be thinking. It, it's just repetition. It's practice. And so being mindful of the the thought that the other thought that I want.
0: That's a great way to put it. And I would say that that holds true for just about anything, right? Not just with grief and with loss and with anger, but you know, a lot of the times, and we know this to be true, that a lot of our thoughts, well, most of our thoughts drive our feelings and how we feel. Mm-hmm. It just it drives our behavior, which drives our thoughts, and it's just a cyclical process. And so being mindful about changing those thoughts can have a direct impact on how you feel. um, And it's just rewiring that.
1: Well, so many people think it's their circumstances that are driving their feelings and it's not the circumstance. It's yeah. It's the thought behind it because we can look at the same circumstance, like what I illustrated and have very different actions when you're thinking a different thought. So it's just, finding room to hold all of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And even accepting that you have room Mm -hmm. for those more uplifting thoughts.
1: Right. And, and not making it mean that there's anything wrong with you. And that's where the, this culture of toxic positivity comes in, not judging yourself for having the thoughts that aren't as high on the emotional ladder as other ones are. It's just You know, accepting that you have a human brain and our human brain wants to keep us safe and our human brain likes familiarity and even those thoughts that are. And the thing is, we're practicing those, quote unquote, negative thoughts and feelings as well. We're practicing those just unconsciously. And so if we just shift and really try to be intentional with the thoughts that we want to be thinking Because they feel better. And then we're taking better actions or more aligned action from those other feelings and those other thoughts. And again, it's just accepting what is and not arguing with reality. We can't change reality. We can't change other people. We can't even sometimes it's hard even to change ourselves, but we can start with changing our thoughts, shifting our thoughts, being intentional with those thoughts.
0: Yeah, and and it's like you just said too. Even with those um, lower feeling thoughts, we'll say um, it is a practice, and we are practicing it on the regular. It comes easier to us because, like you said, our brain is trying to keep us safe. So our brain automatically has that negativity bias, and it's doing that to keep us safe. So it's 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 a more comfortable thought because that's what our brain knows to help protect us. Um, and But shifting it and being mindful and practicing a different thought, or like you said, adding on another thought to have with it, yes, it's an intentional practice and it can seem hard, and I'm using hard in quotes here because it provides a, a level of discomfort. It's challenging our brain to think differently and it's letting our brain know I am safe even with this thought with this more uplifting thought I am safe and um, and and really trying to like shift that perspective
1: yeah and you have to make sure that you believe those new thoughts as well. Don't choose something that feels unbelievable or unattainable because you're not gonna buy into that so it's just sometimes shifting a word using yet or and or also. Um, just kind of, it's like laddering yourself up to get to the ultimate thought that you want to be thinking. But again, just be, I always tell people like be unsurprised with yourself when you get down on yourself, when you judge, when you do argue with reality, it's going to happen. Let's be unsurprised. So many of us try to act like we're blindsided when shitty things happen. And it's like, no, that's part of life. Life is 50, 50, There's going to be the crappy parts and there's going to be the incredible parts. And even on the worst day, we can all find gratitude within those hard days. Equally, on the best days, there's going to be a thunderstorm or a rip in your dress or your drunk uncle at your wedding, right? So there's always going to be something off on either end of it and it's just accepting what it is. And I I hate. I loathe the saying when people say it is what it is. Oh, I don't know why that drives me nuts. Well, it just is what it is. That to me is just giving up. Though it's very similar to don't argue with reality or i'm arguing with reality but just i don't know there's something in that i don't want to unpack or what your thoughts are on it is what it is like to me that's just throwing our hands up in the air and just saying this circumstance yes it's not changing but it just feels that we're stuck and static and there's no growth or possibility within that statement i i feel like yes we're not arguing with reality but we can shift our thoughts
0: it's yeah it's all about the thought and it's so funny i chuckle when you said that because i am so guilty of using that saying it is what it is but you know what i find interesting in myself christine is i tend to use it depending on who i'm around Uh so so the energy of the people around me impact the language i'm going to use and because and this is something I'm mindfully trying to shift as well, uh, because I find myself meeting their energy instead of rising above and and meeting myself at my energy and where I'm at. So it's so interesting. And I've been catching myself more when I say it. Um, and then, but I, I wanna comment because I feel like this other statement is very similar. And I get so triggered when, when people use this and there's someone in my life that uses it often. Um, and I feel like it's, it's just got that same undertone to it of um, life goes on. And that that one, that one gets under my skin. And I just like, my, I get the creepy crawlies. and I'm like, I can't with that one. And I, and I, you know, the same kind of vibes that you get with, you know, it is what it is that just life goes on. Um, but yeah, it's really about perspective and, and, and your thought and then, and the energy that you bring behind it.
1: Mm -hmm. and the meaning that you're making of things because life goes on I mean I can tell you in my early days of being a widow like I remember going to the bank and cashing the life insurance check that I got from my husband it wasn't a lot it you know was part of his salary and I remember going at the bank and this was like a huge day for me. And I remember looking around the bank and I remember thinking, how the hell is everybody just acting so normal? (laughs) Um, But it wasn't a case of like, life goes on. In that moment, for me, life felt like it could not go on. And I was wondering, questioning, how can other people's lives just go on? So when when you said that, it really made me think of that moment of feeling really stuck like how can life go on yeah
0: yeah do you want to share a little bit more about that
1: yeah it just it, sometimes when we're in that messy middle like we talked about before it feels almost unfathomable how to move forward to move on um, because the anger or the emotion or the grief just feels so pervasive and permanent. And the reality is, is that it's not. Nothing is permanent. Um, nothing is pervasive. It is. It's just an illusion. All of it's an illusion. And, you know, and that's why it's, it's you know, other people would look at me at the bank that day and just think I was a regular person because I put on my armor, um, you know, and, and nobody else would have known that I was walking in there as a 35-year-old widowed mom with three little kids, just another day banking. And meanwhile, it was like, I mean, almost 10 years later, and I still remember that moment and that feeling and anger, because I was pissed. And I remember thinking, how can life just go on? My life has stopped. And and being angry, because I saw people, I remember seeing people in that banking um, office that they were old, they didn't look healthy. And I thought, why are you still walking around with your walker and your oxygen mask and my husband's dead? So, but again, I was arguing with reality. I was arguing with the fact that that person was sitting across from me waiting for the bank. My husband was dead. Both were true.
0: And looking at where you are now compared to that moment, you've come such a long way and so much has happened in between. And like you were saying at the beginning, you can look in the rearview mirror and see that life did indeed go on. So how did you use that anger as a catalyst for change and to really propel you forward when you felt so stuck in that moment?
1: Yeah, and I do feel like anger is a catalyst for change. and, but it's not, it, now looking back, it feels fast. And it, like we were saying at the beginning, it, it looks so aligned. If you just look at it from the outside, it's like, well, of course that happened. But it is slow. It is, there are little trickles of it. Again, when you look in the rearview mirror, you can see how all of those puzzle pieces those dots connect but when you're in it you don't and there are other things going on in my life that are where I feel angry and I it feels messy and I have thoughts where I'm arguing with reality and I'm suffering I'm causing suffering in myself because of it and again even this conversation is such a good reminder that in the moment it feels pervasive it feels permanent but I always go back to you know The worst thing that ever happened to me, I think did. And in some way I have some solace in that. And not to say that everybody has to hit rock bottom. I don't want that for anybody, Um, but we can use things that happen to us for us. And again, I would not want to repeat a cancer journey with a loved one. I would not want to repeat my husband dying again but I also wouldn't change it. And I don't know how that sounds as a listener, but the journey of our life is, it's ours and it's happening for us. And it's happening for the people around us and trying to find those. And maybe I'm, you know, an eternal optimist and try to find where the glass is more full than it is empty. But I do feel like that just, Serves me better than the alternative. And yeah, we can all wallow and have our own pity parties, but what's the upside in that? But, I mean, I am not immune to complaining, to the pity party, to inviting others to, um, you know, console me and all of that. But I do think that it takes time, but we can use circumstances where we have thoughts where we're feeling angry, we can use that little by little to shift just one little percent every day, um, or just through repetition and practice. And yeah, this conversation is a good reminder for me on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I resonate so much with what you're saying and I, I've kind of alluded to this before. And, and like you said, I don't know what this sounds like coming from a listener's perspective, but now reflecting back, of course, I would not want to lose my father all over again. And I would give anything to have him back. Um, and with that, with his loss, I've learned so much about myself and I don't know where I would be today if it weren't for his loss to propel me in the direction of my growth journey like it did. So I, I hear you on that. And I, I just thank you for sharing that. Christine, this has been an amazing conversation. And I know that we can just go on and on. I would love if you can just like final thoughts and just like a couple sentences, final thoughts to leave my listeners with.
1: Yeah. So I just love this idea of reinvention and redefining yourself, whether it's through your emotions, through your thoughts, through your actions, there really is possibility. And so I think that we have to process, we have to persevere, and we have to just embrace the possibility that's out there for us. So I guess that's what I would leave your listeners with.
0: Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Thank you. And if you can also share where they can find you, because you're just a beauty and I want my people to go find you, follow you, and, you know, share where you can be found and whatever you have going on, what you're up to.
1: Yeah, so if you are coming from, if you're a friend of Kim's, you're a friend of mine. So uh, follow me over on Instagram at coach.christine, and that's Christine with a K. Coach.christine. And over there, I talk about all things women's health, hormones, mindset, motherhood, fitness, um, exercise, nutrition. Um And, yeah, I would just love to continue the conversation over there. Um, yeah, just tag me, say hello, and I look forward to meeting some of your listeners.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Christine, for being here for your vulnerability, for sharing your story, um, and just engaging in this meaningful conversation with me.
1: Of course. My pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for being here and for listening to another episode of Redefining Anger. If this resonated with you in any way, I would be so grateful if you would share this episode or the podcast with a friend, a family member, anyone that you believe may benefit from it also. If you want to stay connected, you can find me on Instagram at running on grit at running.on.grit and follow along my journey. Do you have a story to share? A voice that's aching to be heard? Send me a DM and let's get a conversation going. My information can also be found in the show notes. I look forward to connecting with you.